Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Get your advanced PhD in WOW from Floor and Decor. If you're a pro, you're already an expert in tile, wood, and stone. And with Floor and Decor's job site delivery, their free design services, and pro rewards that actually reward you, your business is set to grow from one client to the next. Floor and Decor isn't just a couple of aisles. It's an entire store designed to help your business boom. It's Floor and Decor. Okay, here and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. So I'm a barbell guy. That's what I do for my strength training. But I know a lot of you who are listening love body weight training, body weight exercise. And I understand the appeal. I appreciate it. I mean, what I love about body weight training is that you can do it anywhere. You do it from your house. So it's convenient. Uh, it saves you money because you don't have to pay for a gym membership or, or a lot of equipment. So I, I definitely get the appeal. And it's all, there's also that functional aspect of it. Like it's like how the body is supposed to move, right? Doing pull-ups and push-ups and et cetera. Problem I've had with bodyweight training because I've tried it a few times is like I just don't think there's like – I've never been able to find good programming for it, particularly online. It's just a lot of it's just do as many push-ups as you can, do as many air squats as you can, et cetera, et cetera. And there's really no progression. Well, I came across this book, Homemade Muscle, and the guy who wrote his name his name Anthony Arvanitakis. He has laid out programming that has periodization built in that uses bodyweight training. So you have consistent progression with the training, and it uses the same principles that you find in the barbell world. And I love how detailed he gets with it. Not only did this programming aspect uh, impress me with, about Anthony, but his, he's got an amazing story. When he was in his 20s, he was in a terrible, terrible accident, and it ended up costing him his leg. And he found bodyweight training, or used bodyweight training to get stronger, not only physically, but also emotionally, mentally, spiritually, uh, to overcome this huge setback in his life. And we're going to talk about that story in the podcast, as well as get into the nitty gritty of bodyweight training. So if this is something that you've been interested in and you want to do, or you do bodyweight exercises and you're trying to figure out a way to get some sort of programming in it so it's more systematic, you're going to love this podcast. So without further ado, Anthony Arvanitakis and Homemade Muscle. Anthony Arvanitakis. Welcome yes. to the show. Thank you very much, Brett. It's an honor being on your show. Well, uh, so you uh, wrote a book called Homemade Muscle. It's all about body weight training, which I think is going to interest a lot of our, our podcast listeners. Uh, but before we get to that, let's talk about how you developed this program, how you got into body weight training, because it's, it is a, it's an incredible story. Mm -hmm. um, so it all started several years ago with a, a life-changing accident that happened in Greece. Uh, where you're from. Yes. Right. Yeah. Can you tell us about that, that accident and uh, just what, what, hap what, what happened, right? That, <laughs> that changed your life. Sure. So I'm 23 years old. I'm uh, studying in Greece. I'm studying in a sports science university in Thessaloniki. And during that time, I'm also working as a pizza delivery guy, you know, make some extra bucks aside. 
from Paris and Death. And one night, uh, one night I just uh, I'm crossing this road and suddenly I crash with uh, this really big jeep, and I just start flying into thin air. So I was probably, from what I was told, I flew in the air for about uh, 25 meters. Uh, I think that's something like. Uh, 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 70 feet, I think. So I end up on the pavement, and well, b before I actually end the pavement, the, the fun thing is that time really goes slow in this situation. You know, it's kind of obvious you see. And so time goes really slow. I have this like really weird feeling of lack of uh, weight, of um, uh, feeling myself, and I land on the ground. I don't feel any pain at first, you know, because of the whole like hormonal response of your body, adrenaline and this and that. And I lift my head, I look downwards and I see that my ankle is basically laying on my knee. And, you know, I'm wearing jeans so I can't see any blood or, you know, any trauma. But, you know, I realize that that's not a good sign. <laughs> so I freak out a little bit. I don't feel any pain. I'm like, what the hell is happening? But, you know, after a few, uh, I would say half a minute, I don't know, uh, you know, the pain comes in. Uh, I feel this, like, really fiery, burning feeling uh, through my leg. And, you know, after that, people came around. I wait for the ambulance. They took me to the hospital where I stayed for six weeks. I had about, uh, I think I had seven operations during those first six weeks. And yeah, they were basically trying to reconstruct my leg, which was severely broken, smashed, uh, a lot of skin missing. So, you know, a lot of plastic surgery, a lot of surgery in general. And that kind of summarizes the accident. I don't know if you want to learn more. Yeah. So that was the accident. But I mean, what's, I mean, that's, which is traumatic, but it seems like the really hard part, uh, mm -hmm. emotionally, mentally was after the accident for the next few years. So, I mean, tell us about the. I didn't know about this device that they put on your leg. I didn't know this existed. Um, so part of the reconstruction process, uh, they had to affix a, a device around your leg. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Like, what, how, what effect it had on your life? Yeah. So what happened after the accident was that I was told uh, I would have to basically uh, not walk on my leg for a year. And, you know, for me, that was quite traumatic because I was always used to exercising in my life. I was always a big fan of, uh, I was a rower, I was a canoe kayaker, and, you know, I grew up doing sports. So that was really frightening for me. And they had these devices, as you said, on my leg, which are called external fixators. And what they do basically is they put pins through your leg. Uh, so these pins go in your leg and out of your leg. So you basically have like open little wounds. Um... And the reason they do this is because these pins are attached to like a greater metallic device that keeps the bone steady and it allows it to heal. But also because I was missing six centimeters, uh, two and a half inches of bone, this also helps regenerate bone tissue and lengthen the leg. So every time the bone heals a little bit, the device pulls the bone away and it creates more uh, calcium between the wound. So that helps elongate the leg. And anyway, I had like all kinds of weird operations, like they took uh, bone marrow from my hip and to put it in my leg to help speed the recovery, which didn't work. Uh, I had a lot of plastic surgeries. 
uh, I had in total 13 surgeries over the next five years. So, you know, that one year basically ended up becoming five years because my healing wasn't um, progressing as fast as they thought. So, you know, it was that, that was the, the real part, you know, waiting and like never um, having any progress and, you know, having your doctors telling you that, okay, you have to wait another three months and those three months become a half a year. And so like, oh, I'm 23 years old. All my friends are moving on with their lives. Like they're finishing their studies, they're finding jobs and I'm basically doing nothing. And of course I ended up really depressed. It was like, it was a really dark time for me. Those five years were probably the darkest uh, time I'll ever have in my life. Cause you were just basically bed bound. You just had to sit up, lay down all yeah. day. Uh, and that was that it. Was- yeah, yeah, I was basically either recovering from a surgery or waiting for a new one. So yeah, I couldn't do a lot. Right, and then it, even you ended up moving from Greece to the Netherlands, right? To, to, yeah, yeah. To continue, see if you can actually improve this. Yeah, I came to the Netherlands for a second try, but you know they did their best here. Really good doctors, but we we couldn't actually fix the up. So at some point, uh, I took the decision. I told my my doctors that you know. I want my leg amputated. I want a prosthetic leg. So I move on with my life. Because, you know, like for me, continuing my life with a cane and, you know, not being able to do basically anything of the things I like to do wasn't an option that, you know, seemed functional for me. So, I mean, tell us about that. I mean, what, what at what point? So it seems like when you made that decision to amputate your leg, which is a really big decision, right? I mean, you're losing a part of yourself. Yeah. Um, it seems like that was the point where body weight training came into play and started, I mean, I kind of prepared you for mm-hmm. your amputation. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So the moment I took the decision to have my leg amputated, uh, first of all, I started meditating at that time. So I've never, I've never meditated in my life and that helped me a lot to like deal with all my emotions and after I got like my mind a little bit settled down, I started training again because I thought, you know, I have to train in order to be prepared for this surgery. So I had six months to prepare for the surgery and I thought, what the hell, I'll get like in my best shape of my life and, you know, prepare my body, prepare my mind so I can go through this last surgery uh, as prepared as I be. So at that point, the gym was far away from me. I didn't have any means of transportation. And I realized that, you know, I can, I should find a solution to train at home. So I basically started doing some pull-ups on this door frame. I didn't even have like a pull-up bar. Uh, I had a long cast on my leg, but I still, you know, hopped around on my good leg and just started doing some pull-ups on the door frame. And after that, I started adding some push-ups. I started adding some ab exercises, you know, all that combined with nutrition and, you know, meditation every day to keep my mind healthy as well uh, led to a really for me a really remarkable transformation because like I went from completely depressed and unhealthy like I had lost all my muscle um, prior that I had prior to my accident I had I wasn't in shape you know I was pretty unhealthy I was I wasn't eating any more healthy and within a few months I basically got into great shape my body got started looking really good again and I started feeling amazing and you know I I'd never expect that I'd feel so good again in my life and for me that was like 
remarkable. I couldn't believe that I was feeling so good again. And all that helped me go through the amputation uh, really comfortably. It was basically the easiest uh, operation I had. And because, of course, it was also a permanent solution, finally. And I don't know, due to all my positive habits, due to that mindset I was building for six months through meditation, through nutrition, and through exercise, uh, the operation was remarkably easy. I didn't expect it to be that easy. <laughs> right. And I mean, what what insights? I mean, what was it like after you amputated legs? I mean, that's a big deal, right? You lose mm-hmm. part of you. I mean, were there what insights about life did you get from that experience? Or was there anything that surprised you about amputating your leg that you thought I wasn't expecting to feel that, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, have that emotional response. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, when people ask me nowadays about this, uh, my response is that my, my losing a leg was basically the best thing that happened to me because it changed me completely as a person and it changed me towards the good. And, you know, there are a lot of like, psychological studies on this, on how, you know, people deal with trauma. And there seems that there is truth in that old saying that, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It's not in all people, but people who used to deal problems like that tend to uh, do that. So for me, it changed everything. Because like, for example, prior to my uh, accident, I was generally a really negative person, uh, low self-esteem, um, low, I never had self-belief. Uh, I never took care of my mind. I was always training all my life and avoiding emotions and people through exercise. So, you know, whenever like I got frustrated, I just went and run like 15 kilometers and, you know, that tends to calm you down for a little bit, but it basically asks the problem. You don't deal with it. So I discovered that after spending five years in bed, that, you know, we have to also train our minds. It, it, it's uh, training your body is really good, really important, but you also have to train your mind. So, for example, prior to my accident, I was a person that never read any books. Like I've probably read maybe five books outside school. Um, now a person who reads a book a week, like for me, that's remarkable. Uh, if I told my old self that, I wouldn't believe it. And through my accident, I basically realized that there's no such thing uh, – or at least there are very few things one can't get over, you know? Like my, one of my favorite authors, Robert Greene, calls it the ultimate uh, alchemy in life, transforming bad stuff into good. So once you realize that losing a leg is something you can deal with and you know, it's not that difficult to overcome, that basically spreads into your life, that bec- it becomes a mindset and, you know, uh, it sort of became turned into a game for me. Like every time something bad happened after that, I always thought, so how can I use this? You know, how can I turn it into something good? Because uh, eventually losing my leg turned into me creating my fitness project and motivating people all around the world, which is pretty awesome. It's my today, it's my passion, it's my work. And, you know, it's something that basically makes me wake up when I wake up in the morning. So, um, you know, you don't have to always react negatively to problems because if you look hard enough, you'll always find an opportunity behind them. That's my mindset in life, and it seems to be working every time nowadays. Gotcha. So after your amputation, I mean, how did you, I mean, I imagine you continued the body weight training. 
mm-hmm. at what point did you decide this is something I could do for a living or I, or I could share to, with other people um, how body training can be an effective way to get stronger and more physically fit? Mm-hmm. Well, when I realized that I can get in really great shape without even going to the gym, just training at home, uh, I thought of like making a video about, you know, my transformation and all that on YouTube and see if people like it. So people liked it. It got shared from some popular guys online. And that's when I realized that this is pretty cool. Like all the feedback I'm getting from people saying, you know, that they got motivated by my story, that it made their day, it uh, helped them emotionally. That's when I realized that this this is really awesome and I should do something more with it. So, you know, I started my website. YouTube channel, I continued making making videos, and then I realized that I should write a book about all this. So I wrote my book, and it, it, it did pretty well. People seemed to like it a lot, and you know that's when I realized that this is my personal calling in life. This is great. We've talked about how we talked about your backstory of how you came to this point where you are showing others how to do use body weight training for strength programming. Uh, but let's get into the nitty gritty of body weight training. Um, cause this is interesting cause I'm a barbell guy. I love barbells. Um, mm-hmm. but what I loved about your book is that compared to a lot of other body weight books or articles I've read, like it actually fall, actually there's some programming. There's a method to the madness. I feel like with a lot of body weight training, it's just like you wake up and do 25 push ups and then do 25 <laughs> air squats and pull ups. Um, I just feel like there's no progression with it. Uh, so before we get into the programming of body weight training, uh, let's talk about what are the benefits of body weight training. And I know you're a body training, body weight training guy, but I'm curious if you think there are any downsides to it as well. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so the thing that you said, um, yeah, let's start with the benefits. So first of all, it's functional. I mean, how much functional does it get than body weight exercise? Because you're you're learning to use your body in all kinds of different. Uh, exercises and you know one of the most typical reasons that uh, old people old people's health declines is you know after falling so when old people fall and break a bone or something their health tends to decline a lot that's how my grandfather uh, died he was this extremely healthy guy and you know he broke his leg and after that he's uh, health just started decreasing until you know I lost him so uh, I realized that Building your strength through bodyweight exercise helps you build not only strength, but your strength in symmetry with your balance. Uh, it helps you master your own body and um, it increases your kinesthetic awareness, which is basically your body's uh, knowledge of your surroundings through uh, receptors you have in your joints, muscles, and skins. And it also uh, works your muscles in symmetry with your connective tissues. So, you know. Uh, you can't overload your muscles without loading the connective tissue. So, um, you know, tendon um, trauma doesn't occur that much. Injuries in the tendons, which is pretty often the case, doesn't occur that much. And it's a safer way to train. And it can be done everywhere, which means that for me, it's in the long term, it's a more functional of way of training in life in general, you know, because with the gym, you're always you always need a place to go. But with bodyweight exercise, doesn't matter. You know, wherever you are, you can always keep on getting stronger. And it's free, right? Yeah, and it's free. <laughs> That's the, one of the main reasons I got into it. But you know, then I realized all these other benefits. Right. And any downsides? I mean, to it. I mean, I, I mean, it sounds like it's awesome. But are there any things mm-hmm. that it's body weight training is limited in? 
Yeah, well, the one thing I would say that it's not, for me, it's not a limit, but for some people it might be, it's that uh, it's a little bit more difficult to build a lot of, uh, to build a lot of bulk in your legs. So, like, if you're looking to build really bulky legs, like, I'm pretty honest, you know, you're, it's not easy to do it with bodyweight exercises. Uh, that's why I use uh, weighted sandbags, for example, uh, for, uh, and I do weighted lunges, but, you know, um, I would say that barbell squats is one of the elements missing in bodyweight exercise. And if you can combine barbell squats with upper body bodyweight exercises, uh, I don't see like there's no limit after that. You know, you can be become extremely strong and like be the strongest you ever was. Texas Pete is the sauce that allows you to sauce like you mean it. Each Texas Pete sauce is packed with a bold, balanced flavor. The signature tanginess is what makes it a legendary hot sauce that can be used on just about anything. You're definitely going to want to try every flavor. The original hot sauce has a famous secret blend of fermented peppers. Their hotter hot sauce is three times hotter than the original, and it's not for the faint of heart. They also got a flavor called Sabor by Texas Pete. adds authentic Mexican flavor. And they also have a dust-dry seasoning that matches the flavor of the original hot sauce in a flavorful dry rub. But... The flavor that I've been enjoying lately is the chopped sriracha sauce. It's got chili, garlic, and some tropical tangy notes. It's really good. I love putting it on my eggs. Texas Pete sauce like you mean it. Visit texaspeat.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And you can use promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at texaspeat.com. That's PODCAST24 for 20% off at texaspeat.com. Check out the Sriracha Cha Sauce. Wedding season is coming up, and if you are preparing for the big day, I know wedding planning can be really intimidating, but finding the perfect suit shouldn't be. Indochino makes it easy to get a fully customizable suit right from your home. Don't just wear any suit on your big day. Wear a custom made-to-measure suit. Suits start at just $499, which is about the same price you'd pay for an off-the-rack suit at a department store. And they've also got custom made-to-measure shirts starting at just $89. So I've talked about my Indochino suit on the podcast before. They've been a longtime podcast sponsor. It's navy blue. The measuring process was super easy. They got these video guides you follow. You'll need another set of hands to help you out with that. But the really fun part is customizing it. Got to customize how I wanted the lapels on the jacket, the pockets, the lining. I went no pleats on the pants on this suit. A lot of fun. And then in a few weeks, you have a made-to-measure custom suit sent directly to your door. When planning your wedding, get a suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code MANLINESS to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code MANLINESS. Daylight saving time is starting up again. The goal of this is to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting our clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There is only one way to do that. ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to help you find qualified candidates. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you can reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. 
Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Picture that thing you've always wanted to learn. All right, you got that in your head? Now picture learning it from the person who's literally the best at it in the world. That's what you get with Masterclass. This year, learn from the best, become your best with Masterclass. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors, and many of these instructors are former AOM podcast guests. You can learn negotiation from Chris Voss, leadership skills from Jocko Willink, how to master your habits with James Clear. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. So recently, I went through the masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. A lot of useful information in there. Talked about the value of knowing a negotiation, how to use your body language and speech patterns to get your best out of a negotiation. Very well done. I really enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. Right now, listeners of our podcast can get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash AOM. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash AOM. Masterclass.com slash AOM. Check out the masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. And I mean, what are some of the mistakes? Because a lot of people like like the idea of bodyweight exercises. Like I like the idea of bodyweight training. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of content online about bodyweight training. Um, but what are the biggest mistakes that people make when they start a bodyweight strength program? Yeah. So number one is what you said, basically. There's no programming. So people just, you know, go uh, wherever they go to train uh and they just keep on banging, you know, uh, exercises and reps and sets without like any programming in the long term. Uh, that's one thing I do. And, you know, the more time goes, the more I develop uh, my own uh, programming. And, you know, I, I basically use a lot of, uh, so I studied sports science. So, you know, my base is in, comes from strength training. But, you know, everything applied in strength training in barbells can be applied in bodyweight exercise if you learn to adapt a few things. So programming is number one. Number two is people usually do too much reps. So let's say you can do 25 push-ups, you know. Um, if you keep on adding reps after that, and like some people do 50, uh, some people even do 100 push-ups, it's not going to build a lot of strength after a certain point. So just like every kind of strength training, you have to work in that uh, spectrum of uh, strength, which is between one and I would say like 20 repetitions, 20 to 15, it depends with the exercise. But you have to stick to lower rep ranges. And the way you do that with bodyweight exercise is you adapt the exercises. So, you know, after push-ups, you can do, you can learn to do one-arm push-ups, which, you know, might sound difficult for some people, but I never thought I would be able to do one-arm push-ups. And I'm, I managed to do them in a few months with the appropriate progressions. I can even do one-arm pull-ups nowadays, which... I never thought in my life I would be able to do. So, you know, learning to uh, progress the exercises in order to keep the reps low is another key element. And so this sounds like this is how you, this, this is how you increase in intensity with body weight training. Because that's the, the question I've always had is like, okay, great. I can do, you know, 25 push-ups well. Uh, you know, with barbell training, like you can add more weight or more intensity just by throwing more plates on the barbell. So I guess the way you increase intensity with body weight training is modifying the exercise. Yeah, modifying the exercise, the the angle, like you can put your legs higher. But another very important aspect I've been studying a lot and I've been uh, talking a lot about in my channel lately is the appropriate mind-to-muscle connection. So what I realized after a certain point was that a lot of people just, you know, keep on banging reps without... Uh, basically focusing on the muscle tension. 
and you can do a lot of reps you know if your form is a little bit bad and if you're not training with awareness but if you learn to manipulate mind to muscle connection it's crazy how much more difficult you can make an exercise and like i wrote i wrote a book a few weeks ago on how to do push-ups with the right mind to muscle connection like, you know, so many people mailed me back that, you know, I was never feeling any difference in my strength for push-ups. And you know, suddenly I'm doing like half the reps I could do, but I'm gaining more muscle. So mind-to-muscle connection is extremely important. And it's something I'm uh, talking a lot about lately in my YouTube channel. And I've seen incredible increases in my only, not only in my physique, but also in my strength from using this. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the main exercises in bodyweight training. Cause there's a, there's a, a ton of them out there, right? Like yeah. you can find just a bunch, but you just focus on, uh, uh, just a few of them. So what are the main exercises in your bodyweight training program? Yeah. So my main exercises are, that's another typical mistake. People, you know, focus, try to find like all those secret kind of variations for this muscle and that muscle. When in essence, it's pretty simple. You have to pull and push on a vertical uh, angle that means you have to do handstand push-ups and pull-ups and you know handstand push-ups for example are pretty difficult but there are also progressions for that you have to pull and push in a horizontal uh, angle that means doing inverted rows and push-ups and you have to squat of course i do uh, single leg squats i do weighted lunges with a sandbag on my shoulder and you have to do some kind of exercise for your core, uh, ideally an exercise that uses your core, uh, your core as a total. So, for example, I do a lot of rotational training nowadays with uh, elastic bands. Um, you can also do leg raises, which is another great exercise for the abs. So those are the basic exercises people should focus on. And, you know, if you focus on just keeping on getting stronger on those basic exercises... Uh, that's when you'll see the most results. Okay, so it sounds very similar to like a, a barbell programming. There's a push. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I've kind of like stolen my philosophy from people like you know, <laughs> like the people you like from the the barbell world because it works pretty well in bodyweight exercise as well. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. So let's talk about bodyweight training program for beginners, right? So. What does that look like? I mean, how many days is a beginner going to work out? Because I think a lot of times when people imagine bodyweight. Uh, exercises like it's something you do every day mm-hmm. but it seems like that's not what you're advocating you're actually you want rest periods in between so let's kind of lay out a beginner programming for a uh, for body weight training like how many days they're working out what kind of set scheme rep scheme are they are they doing yeah so ideally i like to start beginners with training three times a week uh, a typical mistake people, beginners do is, you know, they train like sort of in the bodybuilding type of training. So they do like one day they do chest, the other day they do back, which doesn't work at all with bodyweight exercises. What I advocate is full body workouts three times a week and, you know, hitting all those major muscle groups and doing all those basic exercises. So with beginners, I'll start them always with pull-ups, push-ups, uh, leg raises, um, <clears throat> Uh, legs squats single leg squats and you know that's basically it in the beginning i need people to get stronger at pull-ups and push-ups because if if you're not good at those there's no way you'll progress to other stuff later on so after that i'll add some dips you know i'll start adding some pike push-ups which are a progression for the hands and push-up and slowly we'll build it up up 
to the exercises we were talking about previously. And you know, if you're hitting these exercises hard, you do need uh, a resting day, especially if you're a beginner. And also, if you're a beginner, you know, you don't need that extreme amount of training volume. If you focus on all the stuff I just said, it's going to be enough to get stronger. Okay. Um, one question. I mean, is it? I'm guessing it's possible to overtrain with body weight training. Um, of course. If you're just cranking out reps all the time, you're trying to do 100 push-ups a day. Uh, but I imagine there's ways to deload with body weight training because that happens in barbell training. You get to a point where there's like so much fatigue in your body that it can't adapt and recover, so you back off and kind of lower weight, yeah. lower volume. Is there something similar in your body weight training programming? Yes, so that's something I also do. So basically, if you're training properly, if you have like a good program uh, and you're pushing yourself, you're going to need a deload week. If you're training like for months or how long you're training and like you never feel tired that means that you are not actually pushing yourself hard enough so if you push yourself hard enough you're going to need deload weeks the way i do that is i simply decrease the training volume so i do less sets and i also decrease the reps so like if you were doing 10 reps the previous week you know take it a little bit easier do about eight reps so like that's like 20 percent less and you know those deload weeks are essential for giving your neuromuscular system a break because, you know, it's not only your muscles that get tired, it's also those connections that your body always uses uh, through the, from your mind to your muscles. Uh, and in general, you know, you need a break. You need to reduce stuff. Uh, taking a whole week off is always bad for me because you'll you're going to lose strength. So deload weeks are great. They, in a, in a way, they're like, you know, sort of slingshotting you uh, towards... Uh, more strength in the next week if you learn to apply them correctly. Yeah, uh, this is great. I love this. Um, and in your book, you lay out. You can people can check it out and they can see the very specific programming. And mm-hmm. if you're interested in this stuff, I highly recommend you go get the book. Uh, really great stuff. Um, you, you mentioned earlier one of the benefits of body weight training is that there's fewer injuries uh, than other types of training, but injuries can happen. Um, what are the most common ones you see uh, during body weight training? Mm-hmm. Well, the most common ones I would say are wrist pain because you're using a lot of hyperextension in the wrist. So, you know, that tends to take a toll on your body. Uh, The way I deal with that is I have a lot of conditioning exercises. I do wrist push-ups, which is basically doing push-ups on the opposite side of your palm on the wrist. I have some progressions on that on my YouTube channel. Uh, Those seem to really work good for strengthening the wrist. Uh, using your knuckles, for example, instead of doing push-ups on your hands. And, you know, changing little stuff like that always helps. And, of course, you know, taking it easier for a little while. Other problems are elbow pain that occur usually from chin-ups because if you go all the way down in chin-ups, that creates a lot of torsion in your elbow and in your wrists because, you know, that's not a comfortable position anatomically for your upper body. So, uh, at really uh, fast tip would be, you know, don't completely unlock your elbows when you're doing chin-ups. You can unlock if you're doing pull-ups, but with chin-ups, always keep a little bit of a bent elbow. Other problems then are knees and back. And this is something I researched a lot the last year. And I realized that pistol squats, which I was doing, uh, I do have videos on my channel. I was, I also included them in my previous, in my older uh, books and stuff, uh, but I realized that pistol squats tend to create problems for a lot of people, and you know they're kind of the holy grail 
Uh, they're kind of the holy grail in bodyweight exercise when it comes to leg training. But after a lot of research, I realized that they do cause problems in most people, um, problems in the back specifically and problems in the knees. That is why I nowadays only do weighted lunges. So can you explain what a, a pistol squat is for those who aren't familiar with it? Yeah. So basically a pistol squat is a squat on one leg. Uh, you know, from a standing position, you go all the way down on one leg and go all the way up. Right. Like um, the, the leg you're not using, like shoots yeah. out in front of you. So you kind of look yeah, like a yeah. pistol. I guess that's yeah. Call a pistol squat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, it's really hard to do and it's mm-hmm. really uncomfortable and I, I don't like doing them. Mm-hmm. I've, Cause I, I can only do like one. <laughs> yeah. That's it. You're not that's the only like, one. <laughs> it's so hard to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So maybe avoid those cause they, they can cause stress on your knees and your back. Um, and besides the, the, the body weight exercise, like the pull-ups, the push-ups, uh, the, you advocate some other things to help with, uh, your development of strength and fitness. Like for example, mobility training, uh, what sorts of things do you recommend people do or incorporate throughout the day to become more mobile and how is mobility different from say flexibility? Yeah. Well, uh, one thing I'm a big advocate of are mobility drills and mobility drills are, most people feel that there are those exercises old people do because you're basically just moving your joints um, in circular motions. For example, you know, just rolling your wrists around or uh, rolling your uh, arms into your shoulder in and out. So these are mobility drills. And what they do is they increase circulation of synovial fluid in your joints. Synovial fluid is basically your body's natural uh, lubricant you know it's like the grease that you put on hinges on door hinges like that's our natural lubricant and this uh, when you're doing mobility drills you're basically smoothing out adhesions that might be from old injuries you're removing waste products and I've seen uh, at some point I started experiencing a little bit of pain in my joints and I realized you know that First of all, things change in your body as you reach your 30s. I'm 30 now. Uh, and the moment I started doing mobility drills on a daily basis, like I felt like a, like tw- I was 20 years old again, like no pain, no nothing. So that's why uh, that's the reason I'm a big, big uh, advocate of mobility drills. And the difference with flexibility is that um, flexibility, flexibility is basically sitting in a, Uh, passive position like uh, in a static position and you know just stretching a muscle out mobility drills are basically using uh, movement through your joints in order to uh, you know get some movement in your in those joints and move those fluids that help them get healthier and you know a lot of people do stretches but we've nowadays realized that there are not a lot of benefits with stretching like it doesn't help with warming up actually most studies show that they increase your risk of injury if you do them before uh, as a warm up and they don't even uh, increase recovery rates so much uh, i'm not saying that stretching is bad but I still do stretching, but the reason I do it is because it just calms me down. So, you know, at late at night, I might do some stretching. I like it. It relaxes me. And, you know, the feeling is also just, it's just nuts. It's sort of like uh, scratching an itch in your body. So <laughs> that's the main reason I use stretching. But nowadays, not that much, only just to chill a little bit. Yeah, that's how I, I stretch just because it feels, I don't stretch when I, before I work out or after I work out, just like 
I do it when I'm maybe watching TV because it feels good. Yeah. Well, hey, Anthony, this has been a fascinating conversation. Um, and I know we could get more into detail, but um, where can people learn more about your work? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm pretty active on YouTube. I upload videos almost on a daily basis. So on YouTube, you can find me as Homemade Muscles with an S. My website is homemade muscle with no s in the end dot com, uh, and over there you can find everything else. My my Facebook uh, group. I have also have an Instagram account, uh, but you can pretty much uh, find everything else over there. Awesome. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much as well. Have a great day. My guest today was Anthony Arvanatakis. He's the author of the book Homemade Muscle. All you need is a pull-up bar. You can find that on Amazon.com. You can also find out more information about Anthony's work at homemademuscle.com. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. For more manly tips and advice, make sure to check out the Art of Manliness website at artofmanliness.com. And if you enjoy this podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher and help get the word out about the podcast. As always, I appreciate your continued support. And until next time, this is Brett McKay telling you to stay manly. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.